Welcome to our Agile Tales, where we share the various successes and trials we've encountered as we navigate corporate levels and political waters to transform the business to be adaptable to this forever changing world. Today, we have a special guest with us, Joe Justice. Joe works globally as an interim executive for Agile organizations, bringing multinational companies twice the work in half the time. He's a TEDx speaker and a guest lecturer at both MIT and Oxford University in England. In 2006, he applied Agile to automotive manufacturing, founded Team Wikispeed and set four world records. Joe joined Tesla in 2020, where he operated Agile Tesla from the company headquarters. Let's welcome Joe as we bring him on to explore Agile at Tesla. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much for agreeing to come onto our podcast. We have tons of questions for you. I hope we don't scare you and that you're ready for us. Let's do it, Munway. Let's do it, JF. Thank you so much for rocking with me today. Let's dive right in. Now, Elon Musk wanted to innovate quickly, and he ended up building a very agile organization in Tesla and shook up the auto industry in the process. So what does HR look like in Tesla? How does it function? I mean, is there even an HR department? So HR, human resources or agile people operations, that kind of thing. You'd like to talk something about that? Okay, well, I should give a shout out to some people who formalized a lot of companies' understanding of agile people operations, like Rena Hellstrom and her book, Agile HR. She's a co author. I've worked with Rena. She is phenomenal and truly has a mastery of the subject matter. So, for people who want to go deeper, there are books, and that's a really good one on the topic. But I'm happy to share what Tesla does internally. So, yes, Tesla has HR. In fact, they even have more than one. There's production HR and HR, and that's at least one of the splits, but that's one of the splits that I worked with when I was operating Agile at Tesla from the mothership, we call it, in Fremont, California. For those new to me, I'm a hardware Agilist. I've been building cars with Agile since 2006, and ultimately I joined Tesla and operated Agile at Tesla. In fact, I founded that program in 2020. And I was there during the five to one stock split, which is famous in terms of publicly traded markets. And I got to pilot such an integral and important operation from an Agilist perspective during that time and experience that awesome ride. And I'd like to share. So yes, first there is HR in Tesla. In fact, there's even more than one. <laughs> wow. So tell me about this production HR. I mean, I've never heard of that before. And how is that different from just... HR. Yeah. So teams handle almost everything themselves. They write job descriptions based on retrospectives, whether they call it retrospectives or not. Uh, Scrum is not mandatory. I like Scrum for Agilists. That's an 11 rule framework for managing, for self-management. I like it because there's only 11 rules and in just two days you can learn it, but Scrum is not mandatory. So whoever is doing the funding and prioritization for their area, I'll say that's a product owner, but they're not necessarily called a product owner, but it fits Scrum fine. Whoever's doing that has a huge amount of autonomy with their team. And they truly self-organize as a team to say, would we be benefited from hiring five more people? Would we be benefit from investing in skills training? Would we be benefit from 
having a training module available to skill us up in this area, which are traditionally HR functions, they can self-handle that. That said, HR provides a support function in all of those and more for those teams to say, can you help us? We don't have time to find four or five or 50 of the right candidate. Can you help us? That's tied into recruiting. And it's also tied into training and that those fit together. So teams can do it themselves and they can request support and items that make sense company-wide, company-wide trading, for example, HR will absolutely assist and maybe take the first few drafts that those teams made themselves and formalize those even with production quality. They'll film videos that stream directly to your phone for all different types of training. And typically they're done by Tesla employees. And the first few drafts are the employees themselves on their phone. And HR will then provide production, post-production, maybe even film again, usually with the same employees and usually still with a phone, but with a tripod and quieter sound around it. You know, So they'll help scale those assets. They'll amplify the teams. Same if there's problems, employees aren't getting along. Very recently in the news, Tesla posted publicly their stance on certain types of words that have been reclaimed that used to be words of discrimination and have been reclaimed as words of endearment. Things like the N word or the B word, et cetera, et cetera. You can Google all of these things. And Tesla posted their policy saying, there's tremendous power in reclaiming a word that used to divide and used to discriminate and using it as a term of endearment, but it's still a complicated topic. And there are still, for some people, charged emotions. I'm actually not even sure if the public statement talked about charged emotions, but at least acknowledged that it's a complicated topic. And what Tesla HR did proactively do is say there's zero tolerance for these reclaimed words. Yes, there's beauty and strength in the fact that they're reclaimed, but it's too complicated to be used in the workplace. Zero. They are not allowed, not even once. You'll be coached immediately by your team. They're the first people to notice. But if HR needs to get involved, they will. And it's up to being escorted out of the company. It's just not going to happen. So they want to keep the focus on the fastest pace of innovation possible. And HR also aligns themselves behind that. There's really almost no corporate speak or corporate double talk on a not good day. A lot of companies will have a version of HR that sanitizes documents to the points where we're not even quite sure what the company stands for. They're essentially just trying to be as non-controversial as possible and look like they're addressing an issue without taking a stand. And that's a strategy. That's a strategy a lot of companies use and they continue to grow. Tesla doesn't take that strategy HR is used, like all departments, really only to maximize the sustained pace of innovation over time. And that means if something is a distraction, HR will help completely eliminate it as rapidly and efficiently and respectfully and as lovely as possible. To that point, there is no career pathing. That's not a thing. That would be a distraction. What there is is a mission. There's no ladder to climb. It doesn't exist. Elon's not on a ladder. Elon works the line and sleeps in the factory. There's no ladder. There's simply here are problems to solve. Most of them are tricky engineering problems. If you are able to contribute to that in a meaningful way today, we really would like you here. 
And there's even a lot of tolerance if you're contributing in a minimal way for a few weeks in a row while you figure out how to best be involved. That's okay. But that's the reason you're there. There is no career path. There is no career pathing that'd be non-functional and distracting. And part of that is because Tesla is almost perfectly flat. There are things like managers, but that's largely a proxy for a product owner. And it's largely a role. They rotate sometimes multiple times a day. Some are fixtures, long-time managers, but that's mostly because they're able to make funding and priority decisions in a responsible way quickly. That's really what it means. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're paid any more or less. That's not the point. It's that you have a known stable interface for funding decisions, or in the case of a scrum master, again, you don't have to call it a scrum master, but an impediment remover. And people rotate those sometimes every three hours, who's in those roles. And some people are that almost all the time because they're very skillful there and people know how to find them. So many traditional HR capabilities and capacities are self-organized and self-managed at the team level. And HR really is just another set of teams. They're super powerful for taking an issue off a team's plate, if they're even more capable at finding the solution, or for scaling a solution and spreading it, making it easier to understand. Wow. Wow, that's an interesting concept. And I definitely know the Agile HR book. That's by Arena Hellstrom and Natal Dank. I actually have a physical book. Can you believe it? So I want to dive down a little bit into the retrospective or whatever they even call it and fun on the job description. How did that even work? I'm a little intrigued by that. Very often a retrospective of what went well, what didn't go well, or more than a hundred types of retrospectives, speedboat, sailboat, speedboat's my favorite for a number of reasons. Whatever the result will lead in an update to the team working agreement which who's on this team, where do we work, when do we work, and then any rules we voted in. And that may include updating the job description that the teams think compose a really healthy team for them. Then the teams will recruit themselves. HR does connect them with awesome global recruiting to assist. But like DevOps doesn't gate your testing, it simply makes your testing faster and your deployment faster. HR and recruiting don't gate your hiring. They're simply there to make your hiring faster. So teams do the interviews themselves unless they request candidates be filtered or a first pass or recruited by recruiting. Otherwise, they're not a bottleneck. They're not a gateway. They're there to accelerate. That's it. So a retrospective will often say, let's update the job description. And we wish we had more people that were skillful in these areas or willing to become skillful in these areas let's find them as quickly as possible. Then HR and recruiting is willing and happy and extremely capable at assisting, whether it's extremely talented, skillful, experienced hires, collegiate hires, everything in between, they'll help plug you into the candidate pool. Then the teams themselves typically conduct the interviews or a designee of the team that voted or volunteered. Then you're first day of Tesla is an experience all by itself. But I'll say interviews are often from the team that wanted you or a massive people bucket where they say, we need people that are interested in the mission and skillful and have a track record of growing skill. Because unless you've worked in Tesla before, how are we going to benchmark you? 
if you worked in another car company that might not be a value add because it's a different company, even though they're both making cars, different processes, different cars. So are they interested in doing what Tesla wants to do? And are they flexible and exciting? And do they make a good team member? How are their teaming skills? So you could be hired into this massive bucket, but still a team has to request you or there's not money put on you. It's not like they just fund a bench to put it in consulting terms, but there's massive recruiting and then teams. Here's a pool of fantastic people that we think fit the mission who needs who. So there's two ways to come in. A team says we need end people, or the company says here are great people, but you're still not hired until a team falls from there. So you are hired into a team who's validated their interest in you. And then there is corporate onboarding. It's four hours long. It's about the most amazing thing that's ever happened in my life. And then you're directly plugged into your team. Your team takes you from there. It's your job to together figure out how to increase the pace of innovation before that team had you, post that team having you. Wow, that's quite amazing. Four hours long. So what happened in those four hours? Because that's relatively short. Yeah, so there's a few things I don't get to say. Tesla is awesome about being public and transparent, which I super respect. For example, they explicitly allow people to work another job in my case, also teaching certified Scrum Master courses on off time. It was explicitly allowed. You don't even have to ask. That's proactively told to you, provided it doesn't impact your work at Tesla and no accommodations are made if you have another job. You are treated exactly the same as if you didn't. Uh, in fact, that's also Tesla rule. So you come in, uh, and I have to dance around a few topics that are really cool but a lot of them I do get to talk about. They've already been publicly shared by Tesla in one form or another. So your phone gets, when I joined, I think it was 28 apps and it's whatever phone you have. They don't give you a new phone. You come in with a phone. So you need a smartphone. It needs to have app capacity to get hired. You need to have that digital interface, whether it's Android, iOS, or even something else, you need to have it. And you get loaded with, I think it's 28 apps. Some are vended apps made by competent companies. Many of them are internal to Tesla apps. And that, I really want to say more. What can I say about it? This is what makes self-management scale. But really, this agile thing, no wonder it became popular by computer scientists. They understood where the world was going even 20 years ago. By having such fast feedback to machine learning, you can coach yourself. And self-management without a fast feedback loop on your own skills growth, your own impact to the mission is impossible or irresponsible. At least irresponsible, if not impossible. But with a fast feedback loop, and by that I mean less than five seconds of your capability to contribute to the mission, versus your capability to contribute an hour ago or yesterday is all you need to self-manage. You don't need a manager anymore. You don't need a skills group. You might not need a guild or a tribe or a community of practice. You have machine learning guiding you. Now you need to be interested in that. That is part of what would make a good employee. If you're not interested in continuous self-improvement towards the mission, you're probably not a good fit for 
<laughs> I will say most companies, but definitely not a company like Tesla. And the team you're in is going to notice that within minutes, if not hours, and they're going to assist you. It's actually an extremely loving and supportive environment. But if truly you're not interested, they'll coach you out of the company. If you're just legitimately not a fit for you to do some improvement. But most of that comes from your manager is replaced by your phone. And it's not just your phone. The key metrics are on huge monitors all over every physical Tesla facility, Berlin, Shanghai, Texas, Fremont, Nevada, New York, and more. And many of the satellite buildings that don't get first tier billing, like Cato Road, for example, monitors all over. So that gives you your management and lets you spend nearly 100% of the time working, directly contributing to the mission. There are almost no meetings. It's almost zero. Training is then also through your phone. So in your first four hours, you get the apps. You're given an orientation around the apps. You are given a tremendous amount of safety information in a very condensed amount of time. It's masterfully done because everyone does physical work. There are no desk jobs. So work positions, working above your shoulders, I would say standard physical work safety, but there's even nothing standard about that. And it's specific to the type of work you're most likely to be performing. There is a very common theme throughout, which is not unique to Tesla. And it's not even unique to Silicon Valley, but it's really prevalent in Silicon Valley and it's amped up at Tesla. And that is radical empowerment. It is stressed from the moment you're hired and during your I think it was exactly four hours orientation. It is stressed. You have no department. You work everywhere that you want to, to further the goal. You have spend authority. You have no bottlenecks on who you can talk to. Everyone can talk to anyone. Everyone can talk to Elon. In fact, if you think it's important and don't, you'll be held accountable for not talking across whatever you think a department might mean or whatever, or, or Elon, if anyone tries to restrict your ability to communicate completely freely through the company at any time, they will be removed immediately. This culture that's pushed directly into everybody's mind from the moments you join helps keep the company nearly hundred percent flat. Humans are humans. We want to build hierarchies and kingdoms. We like that. Well, I'm in this building and this building works the way I want to work in this building. And my shift works this way. We're humans. We like that. The culture of a flat organization and radical transparency and never blocking or restricting communications and everyone having decision-making rights is so reminded that I have never experienced less fiefdoms in any company I've ever been in or worked with or coached or consulted to. They've really got it working pretty well. Nothing's perfect. I did encounter some things that were starting to look like fiefdoms, but extremely few. Now there are plant managers, there are factory managers. So you have a point of escalation, but you know what? There's someone just like you, they work your position. You can work their position if you're interested. It's not necessarily even a different pay grade, but for accountability, for reports, for safety filings, yes, there's plant managers, there's factory managers, there's managers of managers. It doesn't mean what most companies thinks that would mean. <laughs> there's no escalation unless you need it for the formality. Wow. Okay. 
Yikes. <laughs> I have so many more questions now that you mentioned that. You mentioned about the mission and then everything is on the board. So is the mission or the vision actually told that you were told in that first four hours? Yeah. You know? The master plan, and I think it's 16 years old now, super simple, build an expensive electric car, use any proceeds from that to build a less expensive electric car, use any proceeds from that to build an affordable electric car. Meanwhile, do that while scaling out clean energy generated from the sun and make it available to everyone. P.S. Don't tell anybody. That's old now. And that's actually all come true. The affordable cars, the Model 3, and they're likely to be even more affordable products. But that was it. It was Roadster S and then became X and then Model 3. That's the master plan. And then Solar City, which is now Powerwall and Solar Roof, which is now an integrated unit. That's it. That's happened. So now there's been updated master plans. That's what we would call product backlog refinement. The company is a backlog and that is the backlog for the company. And then people pull from that. What machine learning specialists do who work on teams just like everybody else is they automate anything useful that shows progress towards that backlog. And that's part of what your phone tells you and all these monitors tell you. So you self-organize then around those or propose new metrics or help automate new metrics. And that's it. So that's what allows us to be self-managing. I think Elon profoundly gets that, which is why Neuralink is in Elon's portfolio. It really does unlock a very quick way of doing business an embarrassingly fast way of doing focused business. It lets you be more respectful of your time and other people's time because you know what's important. About onboarding, you get a call, which is your first level of interview. And that's from one of these teams, typically, that is pulling. And they go through what they specifically need to think if you're going to be in a very short amount of time, a net increase in pace of innovation over time. And if they vote yes, whoever you talk to or however many people you talk to, then you're given potentially another sequence of calls, but often it can be just one. You're then given the next available slot for your onboarding, and it could be incredibly soon. I mean, in theory, it could be same day. It's usually restricted by the candidate. When are you available? You take that and then you meet your team potentially later that day. Or, I mean, if you need a delay time to give two weeks notice, that's what you have to do. But you do that. There's security clearances, depending on what you might need to do for SpaceX or drug testing, depending on what's required by what city or state you're in. It's all fully legal, but it's the minimum amount of time. And it's been hyper accelerated while still meeting all requirements, all state, federal county requirements. But you can go through this in, in theory in less than a day from phone call to in the factory. And you get safety shoes because everybody does physical work and you get some gear that's helpful and they try to make it look super cool. I mean, you want to feel like a stormtrooper of justice from the future as quickly as possible. And, and they really try to do that. The team wear teams are phenomenal. Great design really comfortable clothing, really safe, really functional, so cool looking. Yeah, it's fun. Like I've got this awesome suit that has all these properties to help prevent certain types of interchange for certain types of chemicals. It's really high tech. And it, I look like what Star Trek wishes it looked like. It's so cool. Yeah, they're not kidding. 
So they make it fun, right? And this all happens in rapid succession. It's like your birthday in order and order and order. And then now you're in the factory and you're doing your thing. And I cannot stress enough how it's like being inside your favorite toy. It's just so good. I like cars anyway, and I like building stuff anyway. So maybe I'm primed for this, but looking at other people's expressions, it looks like that really applies across a wide range of personality types and people. I mean, it's good. <laughs> and that's even in the mothership, Fremont, which used to be a Toyota facility, which used to be a GM facility. It's the former Numi plant. So the bones of that plant are from legacy waterfall management five-year cycles. So the bathrooms aren't quite where you want all of them, even though some new ones have been added, but the sewer connections are harder to move. You know, they're poured into the floor. When you go somewhere like SpaceX Boca Chica, where it's been organically built by teams thinking this way, oh, it's even another level of Candyland. It's just a magical cruise ship of amazingness. It's really good. You get me all jealous. I want to get into the toy shop. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Next time, we'll pick up where we left off as we continue to explore Agile at Tesla with Joe Justice. You don't want to miss it. Thank you so much for listening to our Agile Tales. Feel free to ping us on our agiletales.com. 